just so you know, when we come back, it'll be exciting. We'll have our movie night. I think it's the f- February 8th, maybe, somewhere around there. Uh, excellent movie. Watched it the other day. Whew. It'll make you smile, make you cry. Just a good, good movie. So these movie nights are to bless you, that you have some fun, something to do in the cold, dark winter, but it's also an outreach. So bring your friends that you've been chatting to. If you haven't been chatting any to anybody, then what have you been doing? Why not? Let them know. Let them see God through your life. So bring them, and we'll have our snack time, intermission, and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then not long after that, in fact, I think the very next weekend will be our Valentine's Sweetheart Banquet. So life rolls on. You got to run to stay up <laughs> here. So that's just a, a little bit. Keep that in mind. Okay, well, again, asking the Lord, God, what, what's something that I can give our folks again tonight? Um, and n- none of this is on our notes or our papers, Angie, so you don't have to worry about it. But it says this in Second Thessalonians. I'm just not sure. Sometimes we just don't kind of grasp how important we are in this thing called eternity how important we are, who we are, and what we are in this town, in this city, in this state, and in this nation. We get bombarded with all the bad news. We tend to forget. And so every once in a while, like this morning, just to encourage you to quit looking through that little peephole, that little skylight, and get out there and see how majestic and awesome your God is that lives in you. Not only that... To your importance in this role. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, let me just do some reading. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind. That's us. Don't be shaken in mind. Or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that as that the day of Christ is at hand, where things will happen. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That's going on. And that man, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That's coming soon, the Antichrist, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's coming. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Okay? And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in this time. King James sometimes is a little difficult to understand, especially this verse, but just let me read it. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, that spirit of Antichrist. Only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. Now you look at that verse and that scripture and you can kind of scratch your head. But let me just read it in a couple different translations, if I can use my high tech. Verse 7 says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. All that letteth and let, 
Another translation. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Now, there's always a controversy over this, but I don't think it holds their side. (laughs) Their side is always saying it's talking about the Spirit of God, God the Holy Ghost, when it's taken up out of here. No, 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 no. If the Spirit of God is removed from here, even in the last days, after the church is raptured, who can get saved? You're saved by the Spirit of God and the drawing of the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God's always going to be here. What's that's talking about? That person that is restraining and holding back the evil is the church. It's you and I. We might be stumbling over ourselves and bickering over ourselves and look kind of tattered, but that's where we're at. We're holding this thing back. That's how important you are. City might not know it. City could care less. The state never, never, ever get it. But that's your position here. You are the ones. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he now who restrains it will, will do so until he is out of the way. That's our job. We're to do this until we are taken out of here. Whether it's through our own personal rapture by death, or whether it's God said, I want them all now. And out we go. So your position in this nation at this time is dire. So important, so urgent that you understand. You must understand we need to quit wasting the time that we've been wasting and to really start focusing on our role in God. Kind of hit me even harder today as we're dedicating these brand new souls Brand new babies, and now you just kind of want to wonder what's going through all the mommies and daddies. Oh, he's going to be a great athlete. He'll be a great doctor. He'll be a great uh, writer. She'll be a great whatever. What about the Lord? This is, see, it's not that they're not wanting to serve God or they wouldn't be dedicating their child. That is where we just kind of put things in perspective. Boy, I really hope he does good and gets to college. I hope he gets accepted into the Ohio State. What about God? That should be number one, because the Ohio State is nothing without God. And so this is the same way that we kind of just see our thinking is not proper. Yes, 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 let him go, let him become educated, let him do, make whatever, but it's got to be first God. Because, see, what we do is we get so involved in our life, we forget that we are the one restraining the wickedness and the evilness because of our light. You remember the message we did with the lights? If we slowly started turning all these lights off in the sanctuary, it won't be long to we're in complete darkness. That's what's happening to our nation. Because the lights aren't doing their job. So please remember who you are and what you are. You're in the hands of God. You are his light. You are the salt that keeps back the decay. Keeps things from rottening and stench. Maggots. And as we rise up and do what we are called to do in God, by the power of God in 2013, we start seeing some real reversal of stuff. Now, America might never get back to its heydays, whatever that is. All prosperous and never thinking of God. We don't want that. But God's going to use these unbelievable tough situations to bring our nation, to humble our nation. Like I kind of shared with you in that meeting. I don't. I think I did, or maybe I just told my wife that the Guernsey sheriff, I don't know who he is, is still to this day, I don't know who he is, kind of wish I did. 
And they're bringing up all these things. Sorry, Rod. All these things about iron walls, bulletproof windows. Now, they didn't bring this up, but I read this part. They're making bulletproof backpacks. Man's wisdom, man's ways. He said, you know, we probably, we can't, we can't, we can't protect everybody all the time. He says, maybe it's just time we should humble ourselves and pray. And you probably in that room heard, that was me getting up off the ground. It's like, well, who said that? I mean, this is what this situation and this pressure and these things that are happening are starting to cause a few people now to start to. Maybe we ought to. And even, you know, they all have that token prayer, God bless America. No, but when he said the word humble ourselves, who says that? It's like somebody that has some connection with the word or used to. And so this is what we're wanting to see. And as we were singing the song at the end of um, service tonight, How Great Thou Art, this morning, I can't, was that the song we sang, right? And it was like, how great is our God. All will see as you proclaim God through your life. That's what's going to happen and is happening already. Because some of you have brought a few here and they're sticking because they've seen their, your life in action at work somewhere. That's your calling. This is what you must do in 2013. Don't end this year not telling or spreading the word of God. Whether they stick or come, leave that to God. But you've got to speak it now. You've got to understand why you're working where you're at and why you're living where you're living and why you have the neighbors you have. Okay, which brings me to the message. Okay, and this beginning is, is a little bit odd, but I, I had this beginning years and years ago, and, I, and it was... a. Uh, Something that kind of came up this summer, but maybe not as bad, but there was a time when Lyme disease was just kind of uh, pretty bad. And so I, I looked up this Lyme disease, and it says Lyme disease is an infection caused by a type of bacteria, okay? And it's called or pronounced spirochete, I think. doesn't matter what it's called. And it's carried by deer ticks, okay? You kind of know this being Ohioans and farmers. Most of you all know this. And if an infected tick can transmiss, transmit this spirochete into humans and animals, it bites. Untreated, the bacteria travels through the bloodstream, stream, establishes itself in various body tissues, and can cause a number of symptoms, some of which are very, very, very severe. Flies are also taught, thought to carry this type of disease, transporting infectious agents by their feet, that they land on everything, and even on your bread, even before you get the sandwich made sometimes. They spread polio and hepatitis A, typhoid, and other diseases. And the world calls them, these are these carriers. They carry these diseases. And, and remember the, um, that outbreak there for a while of the mosquito-borne disease? It was called the West Nile virus which was only in Africa and Asia and Middle East, and it wasn't that long ago that it happened. First of all, it was seen in New York, found in dead birds. And so we have these carriers of these various diseases that come and they carry stuff like malaria and yellow fever, which are two of some of the most important diseases that flies and stuff carry. So 
mosquitoes and ticks and flies are some of these main carriers of many of these different forms of diseases. Now the text. 2 Corinthians 4 says there, this, Therefore, talking about you and I, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Nothing is hid before God. You can be sitting right here and be a no good thief or rascal, and God knows it. Verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is a hid to them that are lost. Now listen, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Listen, for God hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You and I are to be a carrier of this glory. Not just ho-hum, bumping along, saved person that really does nothing for God. Verse 7 tells us, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This is an earthen vessel. And God says, you have this in you. You are the carrier of God. You are the carrier and the manifestation of the glory of God, that all may see how great our God is. And we got to get back to carrying the glory of God. Seems like we leave the ark of the presence of God at home when we should be the carrier. Remember the Levites would put that ark on their shoulder and they would carry it. Carrying the presence of God, the ark was a type of the presence. And as flies and mosquitoes are used for carriers of evil things, you and I are used to be carrying the most beautiful thing, the presence of the Holy One. We have this in earthen vessels. It's in me. I mean, even as I say that, I want to shake my head. I mean, really, me? But it is by faith according to the Word of God. Let everyone else be a liar. This is what the Word of God tells me. You and I are carriers. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. That's your job. To keep yourself right, to be used by God. To keep yourself, stop being tainted and stained by the world. To keep yourself ready to carry this treasure that's in earthen vessels. A vessel of honor, sanctified, set apart, not messing with the world as the world set apart, different, holy. A vessel of God, carrying the glory of God, peculiar, different than the world. Not like them when you're like them, the world's doing it. Your turn to buy, okay? <laughs> Stupid. So the Lord wants us to be used as carriers of his glory. And it's not about us, it's about him. 
1 Corinthians 11.7 says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and the glory of God. The glory means that splendor, brightness that belongs to God. That's what's in us. Humans. Humanity. Mankind. The glory of God. Someone desperate, close to suicide, at home somewhere, might work right beside you. They need to see the glory and the splendor of God, something that gives them hope in life, and there you are working right beside them. They must notice something. You cannot be like the world. Just like we were talking about this morning, as the glory of God kept backing away, and the people of God never knew it. The Levites would trim the lamp, bring the oil, do all their various things, make sure the show bread all the time. The presence of God was backing off and backing off, and they never knew it. It's the same with us. We can come to church, mark up our Bible, and never know it. Matthew 4, 8 says, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high place and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. That's the same word that we just read, that for as much as he is the image and the glory of God. I mean, there's some fantastic places. And I'm not talking about man-made cities. I'm talking about these beautiful scenes you can see. Now even with these high-def TVs and the streams and the color of the waters by these beaches and these mountains. and it's, God says, that's the glory that is in you, that you are to carry in all the places that are smitten with sin disease, polio disease, and all the various sins that we get ourselves caught up in. So man or humanity is the representation of God's glory. Men and ladies, you are the carrier of God's glory. You are the carrier of the splendor and the brightness of Almighty God and the glory of God. Instead of saying, oh, for Pete's sake, i got to go to work tomorrow. Back to the salt mines. What glory are they going to see? Handpicked by God to work where you're working. A side issue is that you get paid. That's not the reason. That's the side issue. God says, I'll bless you anyway. I'll even give you money to show my glory to these lost people where you're at. Isn't that amazing if you think of it? That's the way you're supposed to be thinking about it. Instead of blankety, blank, 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 job. The glory. You are the carrier of the splendor and the brightness of Almighty God. God doesn't care if you're tall, short, thin, fat, black, white, yellow. Shine his glory. It's all he cares about. <sighs> so many times we've mentioned Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. Light of the world. A city that is set on the hill that cannot be hid. There's no way that your testimony and walk with God should be hid. I don't know what I'm talking about. You don't have to grab a big old billboard and strap it to your front of your chest and the back of your chest, walking down Main Street saying, repent or die. I ain't talking about any of that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about the glory of God should not be hid in you. It's not your conduct, your work ethics, your attitudes toward your boss alone. The light of the world. John 1.6 says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That's that glorious thing in earthen vessels, the light of God. Not my light. The light of God in me, like a lantern in the hand of God. And I become the light of the world. And I shine it in dark areas. And others see it. Some will come and some will be repelled. Purpose of this light is to illuminate and expose what is present. And we had another boomer this last summer. Lights were out for four, five, six, seven, eight days. First thing you went for was the light. That's what our nation is reaching for. The light. And they find such silly stuff, dumb stuff. If it's pitch dark, you could pick up a strobe light. Or one that flips and flitters and makes color, and they want a light. They don't want nonsense and silliness. Therefore, light must be exposed before it can be of any value. Absolutely exposed. God will place the light where? In gross darkness. Ooh, it's where the light needs to be. It's dirty here. Shine. We like to gather our light and have light parties. We do. Oh, is your light beautiful? So is your light. We do. If it's hidden under a basket, it is no longer useful. You understand? If you're no longer useful to God, what's he do? Cut you down. If you're not going to shine, not going to bear fruit, you ain't come burn my ground. You understand? God could cut you down and you'd be nothing and you'd still be attending here. You won't, most of the time you won't know it. You'd just be some stump that has no growth because God got tired of waiting. These three years I come expecting fruit. Why cumber you the ground? Cut it down. Let me dung it. Let me dig around it. Let me find, find, find. But I'm coming back and there better be fruit. God is not an enabler like we are. I mean, you understand what a responsibility and a compliment that God gives us when he says, you're the light and the salt of the world. That's pretty awesome. Probably everybody's house was like this. I don't know. When you kind of get that rain and it freezes and then you get snow, man, everything that man makes doesn't work. Your gutters get backed up and stuff drips, and it just so happened to drip right on the front step of coming into my front door. So it was always an experience, no matter who was coming and even when you didn't know they were coming. And I used all my salt, not even thinking of that step, on the driveway. And it would kind of like drip in the day because the sun would come out, and then it was a hockey rink at night. And so I thought, man, because we had people coming, guests coming, and I thought, mm -hmm. salt, table salt. And I went out and gave old Morton to work. And it did the job. I mean, it just does the job. All the various things, just good old plain 99 cents table salt. Kept people from slipping and injuring and getting hurt. Salt. Salt. You can keep people from slipping and getting hurt. 
Get some traction in life from your life. Salt. Salt did no good unless I sprinkled it. And I sprinkled it in the worst place in my yard, house, steps, driveway. The worst place. Oh, no, not here, not on the ice. Put me over there where it's nice and dry. The worst place I picked. And that's where God will put salt. I was the master of the salt. was the master's hand. I bought that salt. I owned that salt. Sound familiar? Salt? So if you're getting shook, it's the master's hand. Come on, go and thaw some ice, will you? Do something. This is exactly what 2013 needs to be. You're the hope. You are. The hope in you. People will see you. They won't catch on to your God right away, but they'll see you, and then you bring them. John 8, 12 says, Then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. And he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Oh, man, wouldn't you just like to shake yourself along with everybody else? Do you understand? You give light to people's lives. They're thinking this is the way, walking. And they go right off. And you're the light exposing, saying, no, that's dangerous. That's the wrong way. And you can be somebody's salvation of who knows how many that will come in the hundreds of years maybe that are left for this planet. Because you shined light on somebody that was about to make a wrong move and a step. The light of the gospel, the light of the way in 2013. The Bible tells us in Romans, the night is far spent, and that is true in our nation. Oh, my gosh, that is so true. We frolicked and played a long time in this nation. The day is at hand. Boy, is that true. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Armor. Now, you'll probably deny it, but you ever get pulled over by the police? It's nighttime. Holy mackerel, you can see from here to Pittsburgh. They got everything lit up on your car. I mean, they got every light on that thing plus some. They can see every move, everything you're about to do, everything you can't do. If you turn like this, you can't see nothing. And God says, put that on as an armor of light. Be brilliant and bright for me. It's exactly what God wants us to be. You're to walk with that, to be that soul of the world and that carrier, that glorious light of God and the love of God. All that stuff. Not even, even talking here, maybe for a little bit, the power of God. Micah says this, but, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I wonder if you could say that. Well, uh, uh, uh. it's in the Word, right? If we started going outside and getting a glimpse of the glory of God and the majesty and start worshiping and praising God, start believing and living by faith, then you would start making these statements by faith. Like we were saying, if any situation comes your way, that you have opportunity 
whether it's one person by yourself, whether it's standing up in front of the, the union, whatever it is, say yes. And turn around and face them and speak. Ask God, trust God, the Spirit of God. As he told Paul, don't worry what you're about to say. I'll give you what you're going to say when you stand before Caesar. Same thing with you. Start saying yes. As soon as you go, no, the light goes back under the bush. Everybody sits in darkness. You don't have to turn around and preach a message to them. Start saying yes to things. Instead of, no, I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't. Well, we can't do anything. You think you can, but God says without me, you can do what really blows our mind. We don't believe that. Well, watch me. I can walk. I don't need God to walk. Ooh. You want to stay, make that statement? Not me. So there's nothing, there's not a thing we can do. So when God taps you on the, on the shoulder and says, okay, off the bench, in the game. So, no, I can, I can just get in the game. Just say, yes, and go. Even if you don't even know which way to run, he'll take care of you. Just get in there. Start doing it for God in 2013. Quit just coming here. Micah says, but truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Not by me, not because I'm cool, because I preach, and I'm, no, simply but by the Spirit of the Lord. I am saved, therefore I have the Spirit of the Lord in me. I can make that statement. So can Dan sitting out there, who's never been behind here. He can say, I am too. Amen. The truth. Acts tells us, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That power told you so many times, that inherent power that just comes with who's coming in. Can't separate it. It's just him. Power residing in the thing by virtue of its nature. The Holy Ghost is power, so therefore God is power. When God comes in me, power's in me. And we're going to say, I just couldn't help myself. I keep watching. No, come on, let's get way beyond that stuff now. Our nation's at the tipping point. And us as Christians come on, get victory over those little silly things. Drinking and betting and come on, we got we got such work to do for God. We don't have time. Our nation, United States of America, is at a tipping point. And we're gonna be over there saying, Well, I think I can drink. Come on! I'll take that silence as you improve. Approve. What's Daryl say? If you can improve on silence, say nothing. So thank you for that nothing. You all approve. That's the truth, don't you think? I mean, we're, we're in such dire need, just like, don't you want to just start grabbing Christians and just belting them and saying, grow up! Put on big boy pants now! Seriously, and let's start doing something for God. Whatever it is, whatever God has for you to do. If you have the gift to sing, why aren't you in the choir? Sing for the glory of God. Bellow your voice as loud as you can. Even if you can't sing, we tell you, come do it, because God does something wonderful. 
Just ask all us men who come up here, have the guts to come up here, 40 to 50 men never sang in their life probably, except in the shower or the truck. And I, all but two probably told me they couldn't sing. We came up here and fooled you guys. Did we fake you out and lie? They all could sing. No, God did something. This is what we need. Our lives should be this every day. John 14, 17 says, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him. Why? He dwells in you. Oh, my goodness, how can you not know somebody that dwells in you? Let's quit the stupid games. God, if you're real, let me just walk right off here and not fall. Let's quit that stuff. And in the same time, if someone's dying in, in a horrible way out there, about ready to lose their eternal soul, and God needs me to walk on air or water to them for that purpose, he'll let me. But let's not live for the antics and the foolishness. Let's just say, God, I believe the power. I just did it not too long ago, and I can't remember why. It, it escapes me. But I told you the story a long time ago that someone was going to commit suicide, and they lived in uh, Nevada out in the desert. And I said, God. No problem for you. Beam me over. And I stood there quaking and shaking, thinking I was going to wake up. I had my head buried in the couch. I thought I was going to wake up with my head buried in the sand so I could go talk to him. And it wasn't that long ago. I was, I was telling God, you could do that if you need me too. I'm willing. Scared like heck, but I'm willing, God. Yes, yes, yes. But he has someone over there didn't need me. Just like the, the, the guy in the desert, brand new car. I told you, took it out. It was a Nissan or something. Rolled up the window, stuck the hose from the exhaust in the wind, rolled it up, and the car kept stalling. That guy is gloriously serving God now, and that was like 20-some years ago. God said, you ain't going to die. You're not going to die until God says, okay. And with great power gave the apostles witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. We need that. We need great grace upon us. Not so you can go sin and do what you want. That's foolishness. Grace is God's divine ability to move upon my life and reflect his ways in my life move upon my heart and reflect it in my life. That's what grace is. It's not to be able to go over here and do what you want. Well, God's grace, he'll forgive. No, it's this. It's to be able to say, I don't have to do that anymore. I'm delivered from that. I don't need that for fun or for a thrill. I can walk in the grace and the power of God and be a totally different person. That all the world may see, that song says. Let them all see. There's great power. Revised Standard Version says, And with great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Dude, I know that God can help you, but let, let me just tell you what he did for me. I was a drunk. Whatever. Your testimony with great power. Nobody cared for me. I was hopeless. My wife let me. And yet God turned my life around. And God be going, really? You think you'll do it for me? Absolutely. God's no respecter of persons. That's what your 2013 should be. We are to be the carriers of the power of God, the glory of God, the majesty of God, 
the hope of God. Acts 19.11 says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. can happen today. By you. Simply you. Not to write a book over, not to have it on TV, not to go see Pat Robinson and tell him your story, just simply to do it for the sake of a soul and your love for God. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and the disease departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. Let God be God. This is the truth. Who remembers the very first, first, first New Hope t-shirts? They were black, of course. <laughs> the lion and something around, I forget what it was. I mean, it's back in the 80s. I saw this and thought, I'm going to make a t-shirt. Okay, so we did, and I wore it for a number of years, and I gave it to Goodwill. Somehow, it ended up in Columbus. And a young man that I knew, I knew and witnessed to and visited this church and talked to him and wept with him, unknowingly found a shirt, put it on, and wore it. Now, what's the odds of that? <laughs> with God, they're pretty good, right? Today, he's serving God. Not because of my T-shirt. I mean, just what stuff that God does. Tiffany's little testimony was, was just kind of shared today. At, we're having lunch or dinner, whatever you call that after church. And she's coming out of the ladies' room. As someone's coming in, and we hear her go, oh, oh, and hugging her. What's that going on? And she comes back and sits down, and she's saying, that's the girl that introduced me to Christ. That was my best girlfriend in high school. And started telling a story and how it gone. She'd go everywhere with her. And, and this girl started to share the Bible. And I think even, even Tiffany said that the girl said, the Bible says, say some by fear. And Tiffany says, I was afraid. At two in the morning, the girl went, woke up her dad, and led Tiffany to the Lord. That's what you're to be about. That is it. We get a chance to influence the mayor, the chief of police, and the sheriff, fine. But that's what you're to be about, to souls, one by one by one. Now, Tiffany, who we had no clue at that time, who she was, where she was, is now happily married to my son and in my family, like one of our daughters helping us with the ministry because her best friend, girlfriend in school decided to share the gospel instead of playing stupid kitty teen games. <laughs> Dan likes me. Please. And our kids know the gospel. They know it. And they should share it. <sighs> okay. Wind, wind this down. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I know that. I go behind that cross a lot of times and I just say, oh, God, you got to help me. I don't have anything, Lord kind of just touched across. I know it's only whatever it is. What is it? A six by six, four by four. I don't know what it is. Just touch it, but it represents God. And I can hide behind there for a moment. Even though you all can see me, I'm still God. Foolish things. I know that. I do. He does it to confound the wise. <laughs> we're doing a good job, right, God? You chose the foolish things and we're confounding them. 
And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I know he is. God loves displaying his power in and through us. They look at us and say, who, what, who are you? How do, why do you know all this stuff? As you just speak the word of God. You understand, when you are in those goofy meetings or whatever they are, and you don't even have to actually say, well, chapter, you just speak the principles of God, and God anoints them. It's crazy. I kept putting my hand up in that meeting and never got called. (laughs) But the guy that was leading the meeting kept saying stuff that I told him for the last year. He would say them. He would say the stuff for me. God has put him in my path to influence him with the Word of God. He constantly kept making references to things that I have told him privately and over lunches and in here. And never got to say a word, walking out about halfway to the car, freezing. Another guy stopped me and said, man, I got to ask you a question. What would you do in this? That's God does that kind of stuff. All of you can be and should be used by that. Same thing. Corinthians says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech and of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all. I was not going to sit in that meeting and say, Well, you policemen ought to never been a policeman a day in my life, nor ever wanted to be. How am I going to tell them what to do? Yeah, now they got you your ear, all you superintendents, listen up. No idea all that stuff they have to do. I wouldn't tell them, but let me tell you what I do know. That's the same thing you know. Christ and him crucified. The life changer. The blind man healer. The sea walker. Let me tell you about him. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power. That's what you do when you speak. And when opportunity strikes, you can say, the Bible says. And if the framework that you're working in forbids that, you can still say what the Bible says and not say the Bible says. Because most of them won't know it's in the Bible. You can still speak that power that God will anoint those words. You might not see them. It doesn't matter. You just believe it. And lastly, it says, John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Look, there's been no time like this time. We might have said it 20 years ago, but this time you're seeing it. Our nation has turned. Not turning, it has turned from the gospel. Our own president, like him or not, voted for him or not, our own president said America is not a Christian nation. No uprising, no what, how could he, no marching. It's Most of our people say, well, yeah, mm-hmm. When my dad was a young man and growing up, Jesus was God of America. 
whether they really served him or really got into it, but he was God of America. And they loved him and, pro and proclaimed him. However they did it, it wasn't this one and that one and this one and this one, and we're going to build a mosque here and something. Was like, what? It was known when you came here. All that, America's now. So that's why we have to now stand up for this now and just trust God for the power and the strength to do it. You don't have it. You have to trust God for it, for the wisdom and the knowledge. Quit being handcuffed by all those silly little things of life. Your hot water tank will break. Your dryer will quit drying. Your car will quit running. Your job will look shaky. You might even lose your job. Taxes are going up. Obama's staying. Congress is silly. Your neighbors might hate you. You still have to do what you're called to do. It's time to stand up. We are to be the carriers of the power, the glory, and the love, and the light of God. Now, let's stand. You do know and do realize, I'm sure, that you just didn't decide to get saved, that God drew you and kept drawing you, and now has redeemed you. Like the Bible says, for such a time as this. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how many pastors have lied to you. I don't know how many of them cheated on you. I don't care any of that kind of stuff. How many churches have failed right under your feet and have left you paddling in the ocean of despair? Forget all that. Here we are, redeemed, having our minds renewed, washed in the Word of God. This morning, we said we want to be under the umbrella, the protection of God, and it's to do the work of God. It is. It's to do the work of God. You get in your car like some of you I know do, and you got to drive hours in one way. That is not taking time from the work of God. That is the work of God. That is. So wherever he is driving you, it's like he's taking you as a lantern. You're going up 70 West, and you're out there stupid driving. I don't want to see the stupid driving. He turns in the parking lot, and you get a job right there, and he sets you down on that desk or in the factory, and light should be shining a carrier. I pray and trust that you will understand that. Grasp it like you've never grasped it. We'll have bad days. We'll fail. It's all right. We get back up and ask for forgiveness, not making light of it. It's just the way we are as flesh. Stop being distracted and do the work of God. doesn't matter how insignificant it seems. Big does not mean better. So we're going to pray for this altar call. We're going to just pray that you understand that you are to be a carrier. There's many carriers of evil and darkness and filth out there. But we need carriers of light. One little flashlight, one little light bulb will light up the cold darkness of a home that you can get around. You don't have to be these huge, just one little light bulb. And you'll be able to function and see, get the water that you need, whatever it is. You'll be able to do it. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that the Spirit of God would settle heavily on us now. And Lord, we forget about the past and all the failures and times that we've disappointed you now, Lord. And we just simply look to you tonight.
that everybody here, Lord, I don't care about their health, their age, what's going on, that they would realize that they are to be a carrier of the glory, of the light, of the truth, of the majesty, and the power of God. Wherever they work, wherever they raise their babies, wherever they shop, the carriers of the glory and power and love of God. And Lord, as they come forward to this altar, I pray that you would meet them and you would pour in the spirit of almighty God and you'd wash their eyes clear, Lord, and help us to see. Lord, as we come to this altar, let us come to this pole and just receive that washing. We can see and hear what God would have us do. And Lord, let our people here at New Hope say, yes, yes, God, in Jesus' name. Our altars are open. Please come spend some time before the Lord. It's not that late. Just some sweet time, you and God.